you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. Um, You can go ahead and open your Bibles over to over to Mark chapter 4 again this morning. But we've been, for the last two weeks, we've been talking about this parable that's in Mark 4 that Jesus taught about the sower sows the word. And we've, we've barely scratched the surface of that. But what I want to bring to you this morning is related to that. Uh, but we're going to basically sidebar out of that. So everybody, do we still know what a sidebar is? We don't print anything anymore. So I don't know where we see sidebars. But it, it used to be in the olden times that uh, if you were reading a, a magazine, everybody remember like a magazine or a newspaper? They were on paper. It was stuff It was printed words on paper with pictures and stuff. And so maybe you'd be in the middle of an article and, and the author would pull out some part of that article that they wanted to focus on and they'd create a sidebar. And it was a little column over at the side that emphasized something that was in the main article. That's what we're doing this morning. And what this is, what you're seeing on your screen, is a word that the Lord began to speak to Karen actually several weeks ago during her prayer time. He, he made this statement to her, never underestimate the power of a seed. And she told me that one morning that the Lord had spoken that to her and she had some things uh, that he'd shared with her about that. And, you know, being the husband, I kind of, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, but as time went on, that, that has just been going around in both of us now for several weeks And we have had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to minister to people out of that idea or to see that idea come up as we're ministering to people. And as we got into Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. Uh, I came along this week and as I was praying, I just could not get away from this. And I wasn't trying real hard, but, you know, I could not get away from this. And I felt like this is what the Lord wanted us to deal with this morning is this idea. And I feel like that if I can convince you this morning, if God can convince you to never underestimate the power of a seed for good or for bad in your life, all right, that will change your life. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So let me just give you a little bit of background on this or a few thoughts about this uh, this morning as we get started. There are two things about this, and they both relate to what Jesus taught us in Mark chapter 4. One is never underestimate the power of a seed. The other is never underestimate the preciousness and the fertility of your heart in receiving seed into your life. We receive, we are receiving seeds every day of our life. And, and we'll look at the ways that, that the scripture brings us out. But the Lord makes it clear that words are seeds, attitudes are seeds, uh, events, that the, 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 what we draw out of an event and draw into our life comes in as a seed. God's word 
is absolutely, it comes to us as a seed. Almost anything God ever does in your life is going to begin in seed form. He's going to sow something into your your life through his word. He's going to introduce you into something. Things are so often, we are really bad. We Westerners, we Americans in particular. What is it? Zechariah 4.10, I think, tells us never... um, don't minimize, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but don't despise, I think is the word, the day of new beginnings, the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Everything that God does in our life, almost everything, it begins small and grows. God is into process and God is into relationship. It's who he is. And we want to have everything kind of mechanical and everything. We kind of want to get things done quick. And the Lord just doesn't work that way. So we have to realize that things are, that are coming into our life, ideas, thoughts, conversations, certainly media that, that we give ourselves to, all of that is presenting seed to our heart. And that's why in Proverbs chapter 4, Beginning in verse 23, it tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence or all vigilance. Watch over your heart because it was designed by God to be fertile. It was designed by God to receive his thoughts and his ideas. This is why it was designed this way, so that those could grow up in us and we could reflect him and be his representatives in this earth. Well, uh, there's a lot, you know, then we entered in, we mankind brought sin and death into the world. Well, now there are seeds that will produce life in us and there are seeds that will produce death, but they are coming into us and we can, we can look at them and say, oh, it's just, it's just a little tiny thing. Oh, this is just a little tiny thing I'm involved in, a little something I'm watching, a little something I'm listening to. It's a seed. And if we underestimate its power, we're making a big mistake and it will grow up and it will produce exactly the life that produced it. I'm getting way ahead of myself. So let me just give you a few of these. Never underestimate the power of a seed to change your life for better or for worse. Okay? Blessing and cursing, life and death, all of that comes into us as a seed. Seeds have the power to transfer life from one place to another. You know, it's just amazing. I mean, the whole planet works that way. It's just amazing. Every kind of plant life, every tree, uh, you know, uh, there are seeds and we can take those seeds and we can even keep them. We can store them for thousands of years and then plant them and that life is still in there. And it will only, God said, seed in the earth will only produce after its own kind. He was very emphatic. I think that's stated like 10 times in the first chapter of Genesis or maybe the first two chapters. I think it's 10 or more times. He says, things will produce in this earth after their own kind. So what we allow to be planted, that's what's going to grow up in our life. We don't get to cheat cheat that system. That's the way it works. It's the way we work. It's the way God works. We, and you know, there's just an, we, we sometimes have an awful lot of, of arrogance within us to think that, well, I can get away with this. I can do that. I can watch this. I can take that in. Not going to have any effect on me. Well, 
That's not what the scripture says. I know we feel that way, but it's not what the scripture says. Power of life to change, or the power of a, a seed to change a circumstance that looks impossible to you today. See, there's seed that we receive, but then there's seed that we sow. And if we're sowing intentionally, we can plant the word of God through our prayers, through our words, through our activities, through the attitudes we carry. We can plant the word of God into situations that look absolutely impossible, whether that's impossible in our life, maybe to get free from something or to see a breakthrough or, or in somebody else's life, somebody you love, somebody you care for, somebody you're ministering to, never underestimate the power of a seed just because it looks small. Sow that seed, plant the seed of God's thoughts, God's principles, God's word, God's ideas into those situations. It's part of, it's part of why we're here. It's a big part of our prayer life in this earth. So never underestimate the power of a seed by comparing it. I've already kind of hinted at this by comparing it to the apparent size of your problem. The the problem looks really big and you go to God with it and he brings a scripture or two to your heart and it just looks way too small. It's like, God, they can't where I remember um, one couple I worked with years ago that was having trouble and and there was a lot of back and forth and argument and anger and that kind of thing, which happens when couples are having problems. And uh, I was talking to the man in particular about um, the, the scripture tells us that a soft answer turns away wrath. Okay, a soft answer turns away wrath. It's what, it's what the Bible says. And I've seen it work many, many, many times in my life that if I don't escalate with the other person who's escalating in a conversation, in in a heated conversation, if I don't escalate with them, if I bring a soft answer, if I try to understand, maybe I give an answer of understanding, maybe I give a question, maybe I give something besides escalating into yelling at each other, it will calm that situation down. And over time, it can make the difference. Just, just, just applying that one principle can make a difference. And I remember this guy saying, well, I just don't think that works. And it's like, well, okay, so we turn to Proverbs. Well, here's what the scripture says. Yeah, I see that. I don't think it works. Well, okay, but this is God's word. So which is it, you know? And, and I tried that, you know? And I was like, okay, you tried that once. So, so see, here's what that is. That's I planted a seed of giving a soft answer one time, I didn't see it come up right away. All I saw come up was my wife's voice, okay? I, I planned that seed. Well, as soon as you go back to your old style and you go back to yelling back, you're digging up that seed. Seed takes time to produce, but if it's God's word, it will work. It will produce what it says it will produce. We just get really impatient. We want it to work now, we want it to be Google. We want it to be Siri. We want it to work right now. I won't even give you my little speech about Siri. She knows nothing. She can't answer any questions. I ask her a question. I'm not giving you this speech. I ask her a question and it's like, oh, I'm driving. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, I found these six things on the internet. You know, like I'm going to, okay, so I'm supposed to look at my phone and click which one. That's why I'm asking you. Just tell me the answer. Anyway, I've called her names before and then she doesn't, 
I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, anyway, God's word doesn't work like that, okay? So, so Jesus in Mark 4, as, as we've been looking at, he gives us this parable of the sower sows the word. Okay, and that's what we've been looking at. And he talks about the different kinds of heart condition that are really what, uh, what decide how much that seed is going to work in your life. It's the condition of our heart. And, and we'll go on talking about that. I just, I just want to focus in on the power of a seed today. Let's go on down in Mark 4 and just look at some other verses. I think we're going to go down to, uh, let me get there, verse 26. You guys okay today? All right. So he he gives us two more. He makes two more statements about seed besides the ones that we've been looking at. And he comes down here and in verse 26, he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. So the kingdom of God is the the domain in which God rules. Okay, so it's the the realm of, of God's rule. And he says, this is how it works. So that's pretty impressive. This is how the kingdom works. Okay, that's, to me, that's huge. That means God uses this principle. All right, so that, that adds a lot of weight to it to me. He says, a man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. That's really important. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Okay? So he's saying seed is going to do what seed is designed to do. It's going to produce. And so whether we believe it or not, I'm not saying that you adding faith to what you're sowing isn't important. It certainly is. But I'm saying whether we believe that that principle is going to be at work or not, it's going to be at work. God's kingdom works this way. And he says, so, so the picture is man sows seed on the ground. Maybe we're praying for someone. Maybe we are speaking the word to someone. Maybe we are, in, in whatever way in our conversation, sharing our testimony with someone, we're planting the seeds of knowing Jesus in somebody's life. And it says that seed is going to grow, but it's going to grow in stages. It's going to produce in stages. It's not going to happen immediately. And the, the important thing to me here is the person who sowed the seed doesn't understand how it works. Okay, they don't get it. They don't, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how I can, I can sow seed and then I can sleep and rise day and night, go about my life, and that seed is going to produce. And the reason that's difficult sometimes for us to accept or believe is because of this Western mindset. We want to be able to measure everything in a lab. We want to be able to quantify it. We want to be able to measure it, to really understand it. And if we can't grab it intellectually, then we question its validity. We, we question whether it's real. We question whether, whether it's right. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset that we have. And, and so we tend to only relate 
even to God's word, we tend to only relate to it in the area of instruction. We take it as instruction. And God's word is instruction. Don't get me wrong. It is instruction. But it is more than that. It is seed. It is, it is a conveyor of his life. It is, it is something that his, his words do more than just instruct us. Instruction can teach me about behavior. They can, they can address, uh, instruction can address my behavior or my methods or, or something outward, right? If I go to the instruction manual in, in my car, it can teach me what kind of systems the car has and how to use them. And that's valuable. And God's word does do that. And sometimes we say, that, oh, it's life's instruction manual. And it's true, it is. And it's okay for us to take it as instruction. But if we only relate to it as instruction, we miss the power of the seed part. We miss the fact that as it comes in and as I receive it, as I receive what God says, whether it's in his written word, what the Holy Spirit speaks to me, as I acknowledge that, receive that, I am taking seed into soil of my heart. And seed, instruction has the power to give me information, okay? Seed has the power to change who I am. Seed has the power to change my heart, to actually transform who I am. And then my behavior changes because now I see myself. I know myself. I, I've changed. I no longer have the same desires. Seed can, can address my desires, my appetites, my, my mindset, my worldview, the whole way that I think and feel and all of that. Seed can address that. Instruction just gives me a better way to act. Does that make sense to you? So one only addresses the outer man, the other addresses the inner man, and actually has the power to bring God's life into my heart. God's word has the power. Well, let me say it this way. I could be an adulterer and never sleep with any woman besides my wife. I could be an adulterer because Jesus said, if, if I'm lusting after women in my heart, it's the same as adultery. That could never show up in my outward life. Instruction can only tell me adultery is a sin, don't do this. Okay, Instruction, and it's valuable for that, but it doesn't change who I am. Seed takes away that desire. It brings, I mean, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but I mean, it brings a level of honor for God and for, for my wife and for the marriage covenant. It helps me to see other women as sisters like I'm supposed to, right? It's, it's, it can change who I am on the inside. I can be a murderer and never physically kill anybody. I can just be angry with people all the time. And Jesus says that's the same as murder right? It's a hard attitude. Instruction can tell me it's wrong to murder. Law can say you're going to get punished if you murder, okay? But none of those things address what's going on in my heart except the seed of God's word. So I can't underestimate that. I could be a thief by constantly coveting what other people have and never steal anything in my whole life, never acted on the outside, and yet that sin would be alive in my heart until I receive the seed of God's word that changes me. God, God's word will change me. I will no longer be an adulterer because God is not an adulterer and I will become like him through the seed of his life that he plants in me. His DNA 
working in me. I will no longer be a murderer because God is not a murderer. He's gracious. He's kind. He has compassion for people that are hurting. He washes the feet of people who are about to nail him to a cross, right? He, he looks at the person next to him on the cross and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's God's heart. I need that planted in me. I don't just need instruction about it. And that's what religion gives us, Christian religion, any religion, I guess, gives us instructions. Here's how you need to behave. And so we all come into church. We were joking about this before church, actually. We all come in and, you know, we're all nice and groomed and we wear our clean clothes and we put a smile on. We come into church. That's not what Jesus is after. Jesus is after reproducing himself in us. Does this make sense to you? So, so this is, as Westerners, we tend to only relate to God with, with as, okay, give me instruction. Tell me how to do it. And again, he will do that, but we can't stop there. We are underestimating the power of the seeds of life, the words that he speaks into our hearts. So let's just, we should read some scriptures before we are done. So I'm going over to Genesis chapter one. You can write these down or you can uh, you can follow me over there, Genesis chapter one. I just want to get this. I want to get this in the record. Okay, Genesis chapter one, beginning in verse eleven, it says, and this is the New Living Translation. Then God said, "Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came." All right, and that is what happened. Go figure. God said it, and it happened. The land produced vegetation of all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Whenever the Bible repeats itself over and over and over, it's important to, there's a reason God repeats himself. It's like, I, I need to get this. So he says it over and over. Seed in the earth will produce after its own kind. It will carry the life that produced it. And, and so, uh, a couple more. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I love this one. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains. Okay, so we have to stop and say, is the earth still here? Yep, okay. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. All right, have cold and heat ceased. Nope. Winter and summer still seems to be happening. Day and night. I noticed that yesterday. There was still day and night. Okay. Shall not see. So seed time and harvest is just, and you, and you can say, oh, this is, yeah, okay. That's about plants. Okay. It is about plants, but it is a principle that plants and animals, everything that's alive reproduces this way right? No, oh, some things come up from roots. Yeah, well, let's not even go there. All right. Here's what Jesus told us in Mark chapter four, verse 14. He said, the sower, meaning God, sows the word. That's what we've been looking at the last two weeks. He sows the word. He plants the word into our hearts. And then he goes into a whole discussion of the attitude of our heart and how the attitude of our heart affects how much that seed can bring about. All right. But so we get from that that Jesus is saying that words are seeds. His words are seeds. Okay? That's what he's saying. They work 
under this principle, seed time and harvest. All right, his words work that way in us. They are conveyors of life. They bring his DNA into us. They're planted into our hearts. And, and with good soil, all right, they will reproduce the life that was sown into us 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Fruit will come forth. We find throughout the scripture, fruit is a container and conveyor of seed. Fruit that comes out of our life plants seed in other places. Fruit is our attitudes. Fruit is our actions. Fruit is our words. All of those things are fruit from something that's going on on the inside of us. So Jesus tells us words are seeds. So so words that I hear are seeds. Words that I speak are seeds. They're coming from somewhere. They contain some kind of life. They are conveyors of thoughts. They are conveyors of ideas. They can be for good or for evil, but they're seeds. So I need to think about both sides of this. Out of my life, what is, what is being produced in my life right now is the result of what I have stored up in my heart of the thoughts, of the ideas, of the, um, the activities, the, the, the culture, the, all of the things I've grown up in, the environment I've grown up in, the attitudes of people, whatever I have pulled in is seed that I've put in my heart. And I didn't always realize that. So I want to do two things. I want to be sure I'm planting good seed in my heart and I want to guard my heart against what would be bad seed, what would produce negative things in me. I've got to take both sides of that. And, and if I'm doing that right, then out of my mouth and out of my life and out of my attitudes and my actions and my decisions and my choices, there is going to come fruit that is a carrier of the same seed that was sown into my heart. So if I'm receiving the love of God, you know, that unconditional love, it's, it's going to change me and I'm going to be able to love people a different way. It's going to reproduce itself. If I'm receiving God's peace in my life, I'm going to be able to release that peace to other people. It's going to come out in my words, in my actions, in the way that I approach life. If I'm receiving, on the other hand, if I'm if I'm filling myself with words of fear that are coming out of our media, that are coming out of... Uh, here, let me, well, we don't have enough time. Once again, Proverbs eighteen twenty one tells us, and we've talked about this verse a lot, death and life is in the power of the tongue, okay? And those who, it says, those who indulge in it, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Those who indulge in it, those who take it in, those who spend time and, and the words that we take in, okay, will eat the fruit of it. All right, well, fruit contains seed, all right? So death and life are in the power of the tongue. It does not say death and life are in the power of God's tongue. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue, all right? So the words that come out of my heart and come out of your heart and come out of other sources are carrying death or life, and we can't underestimate that. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking, okay, so death and life is in the power of the tongue, so words are powerful. 
and I'm going to hear them, and I'm going to have a choice about whether to receive them into my heart or just cover my heart and guard my heart and not receive certain thoughts and certain ideas. And I can hear them and not receive them. I can be polite to the person who's speaking them. I can, I can even seek to understand the person who's seeking them. I can try and build a relationship with that person but not receive things that I know are contrary to the word of God. I'm not going to let that be planted in my heart. And I don't feel bad about that at all. Okay. I'm not going to expose myself. I'm going to limit my exposure. Okay. To a lot of the junk coming out of the world. A lot of the ideas. I mean, man, social media. I mean, we have got and just the internet itself, I mean, it can be used for great good. And I know people that are using it to spread the gospel. It's, it's a wonderful tool. But a lot of the garbage that's coming out is deadly. It's awful. It is contrary to God's word. It is lies. And if you spend your time receiving that, don't underestimate the power of that seed. Pretty soon you start thinking on it. Pretty soon, well, maybe that's right instead of this. Okay. So, words are powerful. Add to that the power of music. I believe, with all my heart, music is a God thing. There's, there's something supernatural about music. It evokes emotion in us with no words to it. It evokes emotion. It takes us places. It's mathematical. It's, it's, it, is, it is something God created. Heaven is full of music. Satan was full of instruments, literally created to be an instrument of worship. He has instruments, according to the scripture, in his body, okay? Well, that went bad because of his choice. And so music gets used for good or for evil, but it amplifies the power of words, okay? So if I'm listening to music that has some ungodly message in it, I am amplifying. It is a greater seed. It is a more powerful seed that I'm taking in. Okay, Now, words plus music plus images. Words create images in us. It's the way we're made. Okay, But when you take all three together and you create music videos, if we're spending our time drinking that stuff in from the world... That is powerful seed. And we need to think about it. We can't do that and then want to have the production that we know God wants out of our life. Okay? So, now if I, there's probably some of you I have not upset yet. So, there's a lot. This, we, all, we can all say this. Yeah. A lot of the media, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, MTV. Oh, man, not going not gonna to drink that stuff in. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. All right, now let's talk about Christian music. And let's see, I'm getting mad when I start saying this. And Christian videos and Christian television, you need to look inside. It can be really good. It can also be really bad. Some of the stuff on the radio stations that a bunch of you guys listen to is nothing but doubt and unbelief and contrary to the nature of God. And it's in a Christian package. And it's good music. 
I can remember, I won't name it, but I can remember back, you know, 20, 30 years, there was a whole segment, a, a whole group in, in, um, in the church that was putting out tremendous music. I mean, good music, because there didn't used to be, there didn't used to be good Christian music, sorry. I mean, some of you would have liked what was there, but, oh, uh, coming out of the rock and roll world, it was like, oh, Lord, help me. And But they started putting out really good music. Unfortunately, the words constantly questioned God's purpose for your life, God's goodness, that kind of thing. Now we've got, and we select, music that is that lines up with the word and is good music. We've got that out there now. But it's not all of it. If you sit there and you listen to Christian radio stations all day long and you're not paying attention there's going to be a lot of really bad doctrine that comes into your heart through that music, through the words and the music together. And the bummer with music, the blessing and the bummer with music is it stays with you. I've got one song that we do that's a fine song. There's nothing wrong with it. It's been stuck in my head for like two weeks and I am so sick of it. And, it, and it's a fine song. It's great. It's one of the ones we do. Maybe uh, sometimes it's because I'll find, I'll say, why do I have this stuck? Oh, it's because Karen's been practicing it at home for two weeks. And, but anyway, you know what I mean? That's what happens with music. So it amplifies what's going on, and we can't underestimate the power of those seeds. And I'm just saying to you, whether you like it or not, just be careful what you're listening to, what you're looking at. Just because it has a Christian rapper, there's a lot of stuff on Christian TV, and it's partly because they need a lot of money. TV is expensive. It's expensive. I don't care who's doing it. And so there's a lot of stuff that comes with the same. It just hits you from the other side. It wants you to be fearful of the other side, whereas the media wants you to be fearful of the God side, okay? They're both sowing fear into your heart, and there's a lot of stuff that comes up. Just all I'm asking is be wise, okay? Be wise over what you're listening to. You okay? Oh, kind of, yeah, we're all right. Can we get out of here? No, not yet. All right. Let's see, I need to go back here because I don't think I was done. So let me just go through this real quick. So Jesus tells us words are seeds, all right? He tells us in uh, Luke uh, chapter 6, verses 43 through 45, he says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And, And he goes on, Out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth will speak, all right? So he's saying that, what we produce in our life, okay? It's, it's going to come from what we're taking into our heart, what we're storing up in our hearts. You and I store things up in our heart. I, we give thought to them. We work them. We think about them in the middle of the night. We run things through our mind. That's storing things up in your heart. So we want to be sure that we're storing up primarily the Word of God and things that agree with the word of God in our life, okay? Over in Luke chapter 6, I won't go through all these with you because we got to get to one more thing. Luke chapter 6, verses 37, 38. Jesus tells us attitudes are seeds. He says, don't judge if you don't want to be judged, okay? 
Don't condemn, you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your life, all right? Seeds bring back a multiplied harvest. They're designed that way. We don't plant a seed to get one seed back. We plant a seed to get a whole bunch of the same seeds. If we don't want to be judged, we need to plant a lack of judgment in our hearts. We need to plant compassion maybe in our hearts. And we need to bring that forth out of our life. If we need joy, here, let me give you this one. Bible tells us, uh, Paul tells us two things. I'll just throw them at you at once. That over in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, he tells us that God gives bread for the eater and seed for the sower. Okay, I might be totally out of joy in my life. God, where would I get the seed of joy? He will give it to you. Ask him for it. He'll bring something into your life. There's this big thing that's got me totally, I don't have any joy left. Okay, big thing in my life. God may only bring a, 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 a little dawn of joy, a little beam of joy into your life. When that comes into your life, remember, part of it is bread. That means it's to meet my need because I need some joy. Okay, so it's going to meet my need. But part of it is seed. And it is wisdom to know what part is bread, what part is seed. The easiest way to look at that is with our income. Our, we, we, we plant the seed of our life into the earth. We have an income that comes in. Part of it is bread. Part of it is seed. When I have a lack in my life, I need to do both. I need to, I need to eat the bread. I need to eat the provision that God brings in any area of my life. I need to eat that with joy and thanksgiving and celebrate God with it and be, be excited about it. But I also need to remember part of that is to plant into somebody else's life. If I want a different harvest, I've got to plant what I'm lacking. I always need to plant into areas of lack. Does this make sense to you? I'm really rushing through this. But he, he tells us that, and it's just, that is just wisdom for us to know there is bread in everything that comes into my life. Well, everything godly that comes into my life, there's bread. There's something for me to be rejoicing in and let that meet my needs. But there is also seed. And God will open up an opportunity for me to plant that seed. All right, I've got so much more, but let's jump up. I want to show you one more thing before we're done here today. This is important for us to understand. It comes out of John chapter 12, which is up on your screen, verse 24. Okay, God uses this principle. I mean, I'm rushing through. I could teach on this for weeks about seed time and harvest, but... What I want you to see is this is such a powerful principle that God used it to bring our salvation. Okay, God does use his own principles. He uses the principle of first fruits. He used the principle of seed time and harvest. And, and he still does, not just in changing our lives. Look at this. Think about, first of all, the magnitude of what we needed as humanity. We were fallen. We had fallen out of relationship with God through sin. The scripture tells us that when Adam sinned, it brought death into the earth. And that doesn't just mean physical death. It means every all the lousy results that come from sin in this earth. All the negative stuff we see, it was brought into the earth through that one person. 
Okay. Man was separated from God. And the only way for him to be redeemed is for God to do it. We could not make that happen. We were all going to spend eternity in in spiritual death, in separation from God. And the way that God addressed that was he planted himself in the person of his son into the earth as a seed. And Jesus said this, this again was just before he went to the cross, same, same night as what we read during communion. And he, he said here in John chapter 12, verse 24, he said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more, but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. What Jesus is talking about there is he was telling them, I am going to fall into this earth and die. I, the son of God, am going to experience what you deserve. I am going to take death for you. I'm going to take spiritual death. I'm going to take physical death. The author of life is going to die and be sown into the earth as a seed. And that seed, you think about Jesus, think about what a seed is. It's got some kind of a husk doesn't look like anything. It's a little tiny thing. We didn't finish it, but over in Mark chapter 4, Jesus talks about a mustard seed being so tiny, and yet you plant it in the garden, it produces this huge plant. You know, that's how seeds are. They're tiny. They don't look like anything. Most of them are kind of ugly, you know. And did you ever notice on the pack of seeds, they never show you the seed. They never show you the ugly little seed that's in the packet. They show you the beautiful flower, you know, the beautiful end result, okay? Why is that? Because seeds are ugly, all right? Jesus, the Son of God, took on that flesh as a shell, but it was the life of God that was in him. It was the life of God. It wasn't just a human life. It was the life of God that was in him, and he allowed himself to be planted into humanity and into this earth as a seed. And then he was raised from the dead in all of his glory and received a, a, a new resurrection body and is now seated at the right hand of God in that resurrection body. And because of that, all of us who will believe in him get to experience that same life if we receive what he did. But he said, unless that grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it's just going to remain a seed. That's all it's going to be. That, that just shows us that whatever God's planting in our heart, we need to let it come in, get covered over. We don't know how it's going to work. Whatever seed, you've got people in your life you're ministering to right now and their problem looks so big to you or maybe it's a problem in your life and it looks so big, there's just no way. Never underestimate the power of one seed from God's word through your prayers or through your, and you don't see it right away. It doesn't happen right away, but you plant it and you add faith to that seed. You trust God's principle God himself redeemed us through seed, time, and harvest. And then it says that Jesus was the firstborn, the first fruit, the first begotten from among the dead, which guarantees, that principle guarantees a full harvest of the same thing. So every one of us now get to receive the life that came up in Jesus Christ. And what came from that? What did that seed produce? It produced a whole bunch of sons of God, children of God, 
that come from the same DNA as Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? We are children. We now, by believing in him, become children of God along with him. Seed time and harvest. God used it for redemption. You can use it for areas of your life. I can use it for areas of my life. Okay? So both sides. Let's can the bad seed. Okay? Let's recognize it. Let's keep it out. Let's keep the weeds out. And let's let let's just encourage the good seed into our hearts. Cover it over. Let it grow. Does that make sense? Sorry I rushed through this so much. But that's the way it goes. Let's stand up and pray. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Okay? He can take the rest of your life, lead you through this. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for, for what you have done in us. I thank you that your principles that you have established and you have put in this earth, they are powerful and they are eternal. And they always work when we use them. So I'm asking, Father, for us, help us to be wise stewards of what you have given. Help us to recognize various types of fruit or seeds that come into our life. And Lord, if they are not good, we, we choose right now. We're, we're just not going to keep receiving them into our hearts. We're not going to receive lies. We're not going to receive fear. We're not going to receive. We are going to cut ourselves off from ungodly garbage coming into our life. And at the same time, Lord, we are asking you, plant in us, stir up the soil in us, get the rocks out, cut the weeds down. Lord, Holy Spirit, just come and sow the seed of your life into us. And Lord, we believe that because of what you did, Jesus, what you did in this earth, there is life available for every single human being. And Lord, we thank you for that today. Father, where we have sown we have allowed to be sown into our life bad seed, seed that is not of you. Father, we pray it would be torn up, it would be dug up, it would be turned over, Lord, so that that soil can be a home for the seed of your life and your word. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Going to let you go. If anybody needs personal prayer, I'd love to pray for you after church. Otherwise, good snacks out there. Plant some good seed in each other as you're going. Have a safe day tomorrow and have a great week. All right, let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. This. You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.